so Chris, what we usually do is when we open the podcast uh, each time, I know you're an avid listener, so you know this, um, we usually have one of us sing their favorite Neil Diamond song. And so um, tonight, if you could sing a couple of bars of Neil Diamond, that would keep up the tradition. Chapter uh, one. Yeah, I only know really sweet Caroline. That's I'm fine. Done. That works. Yeah, that's fine. We've done that. All right. Oh, yeah, definitely. Do that one. How about, all right, I'll keep the tradition going. Yeah. All right. Sweet Caroline. Ba, ba, ba. Right, there you go. That's all I <laughs> That was perfect. Okay, that's that's not a tradition at all. We've never done that. <laughs> how, about, how about, okay, I'm an 80s guy. Love right. 80s music. All right. I'll give you a little bit of Ice Ice Baby. There you go. Okay. There we all go. Right. All right, stop. Collaborate and listen. Ice is back with a brand new rendition. Something, Something. grabs a hold of me tightly, flow like a half moon daily and nightly. Will it ever stop? Yo, I don't know. Turn off the lights and I'll go to the extreme. I'll rock a mic like a vandal. Light up a stage and wax a jump like a candle. Dance! <laughs> it's gonna live forever. That's fine. <laughs> The Dave's I Know is brought to you by Witch Witch. Witch Witch Superior Sandwiches, 12 Twin Cities locations. Which Witch do you prefer? You want me to be that type of dude and I want to be who you like me to but we both know I can't do nothing at all. Yeah. Hey, how's it's it going, buddy? It's going. It's going. How's yeah. your day? Day was good. Uh, you like this banter? <laughs> Banter's very good. Chris I, is looking at this banter like, God damn, this yeah, is a good don't, banter. Hey, don't, it's, we have, we have <laughs> These a, guys have a lot to say. We haven't not introduced our <laughs> guests yet, so how was, how was your week? It was terrible. Terrible? It wasn't good at all. Okay. Had yeah. a, like an anxiety attack on the way over here. Oh, shit. That's yeah. us. Tifo's falling apart. My oh, yeah. fucking work is falling apart. Well, yeah. on, the, uh, on, on the flip end of that spectrum... Whatever happened to... Oh, it was fine. On the flip end of that spectrum, my week's been amazing. Oh, good. Yeah, I, I put an offer in a house that was uh, was accepted. That's awesome, man. Congratulations. Well it's your first, uh, your first house? First house, yes. Excellent. Yes, first house. Which uh, uh, mortgage lender are you going with? Uh, which one do you think? The good one? <laughs> Not Wells Fargo. Ah! <laughs> Come on. Uh, You'll go far. Yeah, I, well, maybe you might also. You create, might have Wells Fargo accounts you don't even. Yeah, know you about. might create several other yeah. accounts for me I, that I have I'll no do, idea about. So. Do what I can. Yeah. So no, congratulations, us. Really yeah, cool. No, it's tell a, us about the house. It's uh. <laughs> you forgot. No, no, no. I just, I, just, I was like, oh, I'm gonna tell you the address. I was like, no, I should probably. Should <laughs> yeah, tell, tell us about the house. The address. All I want is the address. No, no, no. It's in the Hamlin Midway. It's a little like uh, one and a half story. Uh, like the half story on top is like a full like master bedroom. Just super awesome. It's only just half as tall. It's only like six I foot am, tall ceilings. I am a wee man, so I don't yeah. need a I don't need yeah, an entire too. story. Me, yeah, that's the, fair. That's fair. Top. I don't know. It's very nice. Uh, the inspector was like, he's like, this is the house is built in the 1920s. He's like, he's like, this is the nicest house built in the 1920s I think I've seen in like several years. So, sure. Or like, well, at least nicest, nicest and well maintained house. So. That's I don't know. Things are good. Things are good. Should I should I introduce our super special guest? He, he's a homeowner. 
Theoretic, yeah, right? Let's okay. talk about owning homes. That's what we really brought you on here for. Okay. All right, so our guest, uh, this is a very fancy. We've had two guests, none none nearly as awesome or as fancy as this guy. No. Yeah. We don't, you, you should know we hate having guests. Yeah. A lot of podcasts yeah. lean on it, like we don't want content this week. Let's have a guest and just have a couple. No, we lean on our own wit yeah. each week, but... <laughs> This week and, we're not going to. And well, we're going to lean heavily on yours. So, so our guest has been the voice of Minnesota soccer for 25 years. Uh, he grew up loving the game in Minnesota. Here, following the kicks, grew up in Robbinsdale. Robbinsdale. He went to Cooper High School. Graduated, as a matter of fact, from Cooper High School. Um, he uh, grew up uh, playing with Manny Lagos and Amos McGee back in the 1980s. And I heard he's kicked a ball or two around with Tony Sana, which is a, a thing I found out on the internet today. Um, uh, one-time attendee of the Brown Institute. I'm not sure if he actually graduated. I presume he did. Okay, he did graduate. Uh, he shared a booth with fellow Minnesota soccer legends uh, Buzz Lagos and Alan Willie. Uh, Peter Wilt endorses him on LinkedIn. And perhaps you've heard his dulcet tones on the Minnesota United FC radio pre-, half-, and post-game shows on 1500 ESPN. Ladies and gentlemen, Chris Lindholm. What I don't I don't have to say anything more. You've said my entire bio, my entire life, my entire existence. I've, so I was able to figure all that stuff out in about uh, 15 minutes, Chris. So thank God for the, Google. Thank God for the internet. There's some of those things that a lot of people don't know. You know, uh, well, where I graduated from, and and all of that, and my and my uh, my history. You know, of, of former teammates, I guess. Yeah, yeah. On a, what you played on a. Um, Select team, right in the in the like mid eighties, early eighties. Eight, Eighty four to eighty eight, I was on the ODP or state select team uh, back then, and uh, the first two years, Alan Merrick, who oh, yeah, uh, was Alan. yep was captain of the Minnesota Kicks. He was head coach of the Minnesota Strikers. He was actually my coach for those first couple of years. Awesome. I sat at the Asana Foundation benefit this past year. I actually sat at a table with Alan Merrick. He ha- he still has business cards that are soccer ball shaped. Oh yeah, They're literally, it's awesome. It has stuck with him this all these years. He, he has them, so yeah. Cool. Well, welcome. Thanks for uh, thanks for hanging out with us at this bar for an hour or so. Um, Dave, you want to jump into the game? Does that make sense? Yeah, Chris is not going to be saying anything for the rest of the time. No, nope, thanks really for coming. For it was yeah. really awesome to have you. Yep. Thank you so much. What's it? Uh, can I ask you really briefly? What's it like to be on this podcast? I mean, you've you've been a lot of places. Obviously, your extensive resume has been read off. What does it mean to you to be invited to this podcast? Well, it's exactly what I said on Twitter. It is the absolute, I think it's the absolute pinnacle of my broadcasting career is to be on this podcast with the two of you. Most people I've talked to think it's the pinnacle of your career also. (laughs) Fair enough. A lot of private messages going around about that. I can imagine. Yeah. Let's talk about um, some soccer. Now, now we've we've only got a limited amount of time uh, insofar as that amount of time is confined by like infinity and the the bounds of space and time uh so how many of these games should we talk about we 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 can recover an awesome game against dallas let's 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 talk about the game at dallas okay let's very briefly talk about uh houston and atlanta coming up fuck those guys we got chris lidholm in the joint uh and then let's talk to chris lidholm a little bit how's that sound that sounds just fine so uh fc dallas and Chris, feel free to jump in. With yes, your, you just have to voice. wrangle the mic. Yeah, this is a very competitive dog-eat-dog <laughs> podcast environment. Um, so, Zeller, obviously a four-to-one win. Yes, look to be a really a, a pretty complete win. Although against a team that is in utter free fall. All those caveats aside, who who looked really good that night? Um, 
God, I mean, you could basically name almost any loon on the pitch, and they looked really good. Almost. Um, uh, Bobby Shuttleworth, obviously, with a huge, huge penalty save. Right when uh, at the, you know, Dallas came out, basically, Minnesota has this problem where, like, the first 20, 15 to 20 minutes of each half, they kind of look like shit. And they're not, like, they're not playing well. They're lackadaisical. And they get, and then something happens that, like, all of a sudden, like, oh, sh- crap, we're playing soccer. Um, we should probably play soccer. Um, happened again, of course, uh, this time. I think this is like the 14th game of the year where we've conceded in the first 15 minutes of a, of a match, which is absolutely bonkers. That's more than a third of your games, and the season isn't even over yet. Um, and then, but in that second, that first 20 minutes of the second half, uh, FC Dallas was controlling the game. Um, they got that. Call Martin gave up that penalty, and Bobby fucking Shuttleworth stepped up again and saved again, yeah. Minnesota United's ass. That, if that goes in, it's 2-2. Who knows where this game goes? It, maybe it ends in a draw. Maybe it gives Dallas the confidence they need to get a third, and we lose. That save, just like that Montreal save, was probably the like pinnacle moment of the game. So it's well, it's a double-edged sword, right? I mean, it's a really positive thing. Yeah, it was a great moment of the game, but it's a double-edged sword because here we go again, right? It, it, there's there's luck that comes with that kind of move, and like you said, if he doesn't come through on that luck, the entire momentum shifts, and so. Yeah, I guess it was positive the way it turned out, but god damn, we can't keep putting ourselves with a mountain to climb like that, right? Uh, for for me, I'm, I'm thinking positive players. Uh, <coughs> Ibsen had another uh, a fairly strong run out, run out but... Uh, well, mo- it, talk, talking about positive players, I mean, Bob, that wasn't the only positive play. Bobby played really right. well. I mean, using that as, as like a focal point, but like he played he played very well in that game, made some great saves as well. Right. And, uh, yeah, right. yeah, obviously, there's tons of players, I think. Right, so, but 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 beyond that, I think it has to be Christian Ramirez gets the look there. Not only is he on the score sheet with a goal and two assists, that's obviously good enough for Team of the Week and stuff like that, but what was key to me was the way that he did it. In my opinion, I've said this before, Christian Ramirez sometimes has a problem finding the game when it's not coming to him. And when you see a guy with two assists, you can even uh, if you think about that that wonder uh, assist that he had one time chip over to Miguel Ibarra. What was amazing about that not just the execution, but that he had to come back for it. He had to check back to be the one to do that. And I feel like we don't see that enough from Christian Ramirez. A lot of times he just wants to be up top, waiting for the ball, and he can do something phenomenal with it, and that's great. But sometimes, especially in the absence of a meaningful number ten, he's got to drop back to provide that kind of support. He did, and I think it paid big dividends. So, well, we got to say it. Who sucked then? I, you know, I don't really want to say any loon sucks. I mean, the Colin Martin giving up that PK was not great. Um, Maynard Figaro, did you did you watch the highlights of this game? On I that last goal, the, the, the Abu Dhamladi goal. Yeah. Um, if you, I didn't read, I didn't recognize this during the game, but I was going back and, and watching the, the 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 highlights, the 20 minute recap that MLS puts out, and uh, Abu Dhamladi just streaks past Maynard Figueroa, doesn't touch him. Maynard Figueroa goes down like clutching, like clutching his like 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 he got body checked. Right. He goes down like he was hurt. I was just like, and you know I know he wasn't. Oh, it was just that was, he was the worst player of the game for me. So his worst player, yeah. yeah, worst moment. Um, Both. Yeah, the the gut check for me has to be that first goal because it's just here we go again, right? And um, I I don't know. I mean. Maybe I'll ask Chris. Chris, you have more soccer experience, I think, than either of us combined, whether it's in the booth or Easily. probably on the pitch <laughs> as well. Both, probably. So, what, what, I mean, what do you do when you've got a team that chronically concedes these early goals? What is that a symptom of, and how the heck do you even uh, do you even address that? 
I I think that is a a player problem from okay. the standpoint of knowing Adrian Heath like I do. Sure. Knowing that he has in the coaching staff, he has them prepared. He gets them prepared. But it's the team, the individual players not coming out as a unit. They okay. come out individually. Sure. And they're not they're clearly not on the same page to start. And it takes 10, 15, 20 minutes for them to get on that same page. That's the problem is that it's they start out I think too individual. Okay. And not starting out as that team. That's the And is there a problem. magic sauce to then finding yourself as a team? It's just settling into the game. Is it some tactical direction you think comes from the sideline that starts to help them gel 15, 20 minutes in or I think it's just it's the is going on in the game. Getting into the but, flow of it. Yeah, getting into the flow of it. But it's to fix that so you don't have to go 15, 20 minutes into a game getting used to it and giving up a goal. It's up to those individual players to get on the same page from the beginning, from opening right. whistle. That's on them. It's not on the coaches. Okay. It's on the players. These are professional players playing at the highest level in the United States. They need to come out from the opening whistle prepared to play as a team. And that's, on to me, on the players. Uh, knowing the coaching staff and such, they have them prepared. It's just now, for some reason, they're just slow going, and I don't know why. It's, it sounds like I'm hearing Heath out from you. Is that what I heard? No, 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 not at all. Okay. That's that's the thing is that uh, he, no, I, I don't think he needs to be out at Well, you're all. not editing the podcast after you leave. That's I am. That's true, I suppose, yeah. <laughs> You're going to you find are, a lot of creative things you uh, said I tonight. I what I said uh, I, I was, after this. I was going to say that sounds like a lot like our other favorite team, Liverpool. How they oh, right, approach yeah, games kind and, of, uh, and start games. So. That's, that's true. Yeah, if we're, if we're talking about just having your head in the game, uh, playing as a unit. That, and you know what, even when it's not in the first 20 minutes, that seems chronically to be the defensive problem, right? Uh, if you look at individuals, Jerome Tison, Francisco Calvo, I think that uh, Birch is, is very adequate at left back, and I think Coleman has been really serviceable at center back. Individually, the pieces have seemed not to add up to the whole, and of course, we've spent more time than not this year without those four guys in their entirety, right? That's true. Um, but you look at that and you say, there's no re way that we shouldn't be doing better on defense than we are, but um, there's a cohesion to it. And the, the defense, though, the defensive aspect of it has to be all 10 players in front of the keeper. Oh, sure. Not just Absolutely. those back four that need to do it. The defense has to start because the the opponents have to go through the the forwards and the midfielders to, to get to the defenders. Of course. And if they're not defending ahead of the defenders, then there's problems right away. He should be on our podcast more often. He's just he's reading all our lines. That's awesome. So uh, I'll throw it to Chris one more time. So we, we we usually talk about moments in the game that stood out. We don't go through a stat breakdown and stuff like that. We usually go through um, moments of the game that stood out and players of the game that stood out positively or negatively. So I'm going to throw it out to you. What was a moment of the game that was either memorable or that stood out? It doesn't even have to be a big one like a goal, but you saw this build up and you're like, that's the kind of tactical new that we need to see. Whatever that moment was, is there one that stood out to you? The Ethan Finley goal. Okay. Because it was the one and two touch work, you know, into Ramirez, one touch through. It was Ethan Finley's run off the ball that got himself into space that Ramirez found, used his vision mm -hmm. and found him. That, to me, those type of goals are so beautiful. Oh, those sure. Those are great moments. Yep. Those are ones you always remember. So, for me, the moment is that Ethan Finley goal, the teamwork that was involved in it. That's great. I, sometimes I'll, I'll call out a moment like that even when it doesn't end in a goal because I'm like, that's you know that's sustainable you didn't get it yeah. that time you do that more often 
over the long haul, you're going to do well. And, and going back to the Ramirez, the, the first uh, Ibarra goal, like, I don't know if anybody, if you guys looked at uh, Schieferdecker's uh, breakdown of that goal um, on 55-1, but, like, both Ramirez and Ibarra checked back. Ibarra made that run, um, checking back. He had his back to the goal when he, when he was starting to make that run as Ibsen was making that pass to Ramirez, who basically one-timed it to Ibarra. Like, that Ibsen pass, I don't think, is getting enough credit and how amazing that pass was to Ramirez. And, and, and obviously, the Ramirez flick on to Ibarra was great, and his finish, Ibarra's finish was you know, amazing. That's, those are the things that I think are, are heartening for me to see, especially considering how shitty some, some of the games have been this year. Like, it's really great to, to see that combination play happening now. For me, the, the standout was, was Christian Ramirez because of his two assists, not his goal, but because of mm-hmm. his two assists. How many times over his career have we talked about Christian Ramirez's assists? Not very often. Not very often. It's usually the goals. We had 50-plus we had goals in his NASL career and yep. such. Now he's got another 13 MLS. It's those assists, though. That's the thing, and that's another another part of Christian Ramirez's game that he needs to really make even better and do a little more often if he really wants to be recognized and really wants to make a push to be the top player or one of the top players in the league and you know get a, some an opportunity to play on the uh, national yeah, team as get well that, get that January call up yeah not just goals the goals are nice but to be an all-around player and set up your teammates with two lovely assists like he had against Dallas anybody can be a Wondolowski Right. <laughs> All right, uh, should we move into uh, other United news? Cool. All right, so um, let's kind of barrel through this. There's not, there's some stuff, not a ton of stuff. So Loons and uh, Marius Rovda parted ways. Um, you know, I'm not exactly sure. The, the team has been very quiet about what exactly happened there. I'm sure Chris will not uh, uh, give away any trade secrets. Um, he was hired from Vancouver last year. He's done... He seemed to have done a lot of really great work with Bobby Shuttleworth, um, as well as the other goalkeeper. So we wish him the best. I know there were some family issues going on, so I don't know what happened, but yeah. we wish uh, Marius Rovda the best. Um, the academy teams uh, were down in Chicago. They're actually going to be up at the Nessie uh, this weekend. So if you are a fan and you want to go get drunk and yell at 13- and 14-year-olds, yep. as I normally do on the weekends, like um, go up to the Nessie this weekend. Uh, the uh, U13s lost two – or the U13s tied the soccer's. 3-3, and the uh, Soccers beat the Minnesota United U-14 team uh, 5-0. We, can uh, we have an analytical breakdown of what happened with the U-14 <laughs> team? Uh, really didn't come out to we play. Should, you know what? We should, lack go of up, discipline. We, we should actually go up and then do some breakdown on the podcast, basically, is what I'm saying. That means you have to drive up from uh, Prior Lake to uh, or Lakeville. I would rather welcome the soothing waters of merciful death than to do that. <laughs> then but. that is not happening. Okay. <laughs> Uh, Ramirez, as you mentioned, was named to the MLS Team of the Week, which is awesome. Shuttleworth, uh, Bobby Shuttleworth, named to the bench of that team. Uh, and then there was a tweet uh, that was out that Chris Wright said the organization is interested in owning a club in the NWSL, but only after the USL Reserve and Academy teams are developed. Well, that's that's been the club line for a while. Yep. They've prioritized that over yep. anything else um, for a while now. I know a lot of Minnesota United fans, a lot of Dark Clubs especially, are, are interested in like getting an NWSL team and want to support an NWSL team. So can I, can I, I totally be, Can I be that. totally blunt with you? Yeah. You know I'm an NWSL fan. I know you are. You know you I am. You are an NWSL Fantasy League. I, yeah, I kick ass in it as well. How are you doing well. that? Just fine, thank okay. you. Better, better probably than our league. 
Um, but I wonder about sports saturation in our market that there are um, Minneapolis City cuts in there a lot as a secondary team. Obviously, there's a number of other NPSL North teams there. Uh, obviously, Minnesota United. Uh, we are already sports saturated with every major league, including stuff like WNBA, uh, a minor league baseball team. I just fear for its viability because I see even more viable markets right now. Uh, Kansas City is uh, another city with a similar saturation in sports. And no, the they're, Kansas they're City. They're not even as saturated as us. They don't have a Correct. Team, and and the, the Kansas City Blues team. are looking so. in dire straits right now financially and from an ownership standpoint. So I don't but want it to be here and fail. I would go to the games, but not everyone's To me. be fair, the Kansas City franchise is not owned by the people who own Sport in Kansas City. No, they're not. So You're right. I think there's. Yeah, I mean, I feel like if Minnesota United makes the investment in an NWSL team, that they're going to invest in that team. Uh, I, I would certainly hope so, but I, I, those fears remain. And it's not because I'm not into NWSL, you know, the words I was going to say, NWSL. Yeah, it's not because I'm not into it. It's I, I just fear for it. And I, I want it to be successful. I don't want it to be here, flop, and have uh, trolls on the Internet saying, see, you know, that would be very frustrating to me. So, anyways, I've made a, a mountain out of that molehill. Um, what yeah. else is happening? Uh, that's it. That was, that was all the news. <laughs> I, I could have read the notes that here, but, uh, you know, we share the notes. Um, uh, okay, excellent. Unless, we, Chris, unless you want to break any news yeah, was, on the yeah. podcast? We could use some breaking news, man. We could. I, I have zero. I know I know nothing. <laughs> okay. Nothing, nothing from 1500 or anything like that? They renewed their contract or your contract or anything? Can't break that news? Uh, there is no news to break right now. We're still in season. You talk to me in the off season, then I might have some breaking news for you. All right, we'll bring you let, back for that. Let me let me ask you this, okay? Because we want to break some news. That's why we brought you here, okay? Inside scoop, okay? This is insider baseball here. And uh, do you have like a, a semi-embarrassing story you can share about Manny Lagos that you can share here? Something like that, you know, it wouldn't end your relationship with him for all time, but that might be interesting, or, and may, maybe many people haven't heard before or here. Or Amos, yeah, we'll take yeah. dirt on any. You know. Yeah, why, why don't I give you my mic here? There you go. Uh, okay, so there's, I don't have anything honestly on on Manny or Amos. Uh, I, he's gonna kill me, but I'm gonna tell it anyhow. But we'll see what happens. So Manny uh, does not listen to this podcast. Yeah, well, no, no. <laughs> but the, the the guy that I'm gonna talk about, I may very well. Okay. Uh, Interesting. So. Alan Willie. Alan Willie does no. not listen to this podcast. You never know. Okay. You never know. Alan Willie, if you listen to this podcast, we'd love to have you on to rebut Chris's story. He can't. He won't be able to. He won't be able to. You can tell so, a story about Chris, Alan Willie. No, he can't. He can't do that either. So, uh, as you may or may not know, when we would do the uh, away game broadcasts, we never traveled. We would sit up in the National Sports Center press box in an empty stadium, in a dark stadium, and work off a monitor. I remember well, you, you guys did a, a, a broadcast from the Nomad one time in a preseason game, I think. We did, and it was a, the preseason yeah. game against, it was the, the tournament in Portland. Yeah, it that's was right. That's Vancouver. Right. I remember that. Yep. And so we did that. Well, when you are on a broadcast, in this case, and you're locked up and trapped in a booth for an extended period of time, and you drink a lot of water. Is that what they call it nowadays? Water? It was. It is. In this case, it Wait, was water. Durky, Durky didn't have that uh, fridge stock with beer for you. Not on the away game. Come on, Durky. Not, yeah, I know. 
you expect a little bit more from Jerky the guy. doesn't listen to this podcast so, either. So. You never know. <laughs> so One of his minions probably does, actually. <laughs> he, uh, Alan basically uh, would, he had too much water, and it was really water. And you know where the, from the press box to the porta potties were in the, okay? Yeah. Yeah. After the games, and in sometimes at halftime, Alan wouldn't bother to even try to make it to the porta potties. He would just go outside the press box. <laughs> so if you sat in the next home game, if you sat in the rows right in front of our press box after there was an away game, there might be a smell of some sort. All right, uh, Alan, will if you want to come on this podcast and uh, and defend yourself by saying that was beer, and uh, knock yourself out. I hate it when I'm up in the press box and I accidentally spill beer out of the end of my penis. <laughs> I hate it when that happens. It's the worst. Damn it. It's the damn it, worst. I, I, it, it was not, honestly, it was not beer because we were on the air. It was okay. water. I will admit it. It was honestly water. Well, I appreciate that right. story. That yeah, was exactly what we were looking exactly. for. Okay. All right. Alan, Willie, you'll never work in this town again. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, he's such oh. a nice guy. Oh, he's wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> Let's uh, let's talk about soccer. I want to barrel can, through these games because I'd love to talk just, to Chris. Let's just let's do this instead of like break, doing our regular breakdown. Let's just talk about the general like how we feel this game is going to go. Okay, Any we can players, do that. We want to be good, sucky, whatever. So why don't you start with uh, Houston? Okay, so uh, we're thinking about Houston first. Yep. Um, well, that's uh, the game that's coming up this weekend. Thank you. Saturday. Yeah. Oh, we did, we're going to talk about midweek game oh, for yeah, next week. No, no, no. Well, yeah, we're going to talk about Atlanta United because we're not going to be on the on the. The podcast. Well, that's what I'm fucking talking about, David. This game. Yeah. So the first game, Houston. What are you drinking? One more time. I was drinking a rum hams earlier. All of this is going to be edited out, and by all of this, I mean the last 45 minutes (laughs) of our lives. Um, I want. I just want. I want to say this. uh, Any of our listeners who are listening to this before the game uh, kicks off on Saturday, the Dark Clouds are doing a fundraiser. Uh, for Houston Hurricane Harvey. That was supposed to be oh, in the no, notes. Houston tie-in. Yeah, I, that was I was like, why are you mentioning this now? That was supposed to be in the uh, notes for uh, the United Notes. Uh, Hurricane Harvey uh, relief uh, fundraiser during the Houston Dynamo Minnesota United okay. game at Lake Monster. We're doing uh, all the beers that they have are six bucks. Two dollars of each of those beers is going to be donated to the Greater Houston Community Foundation, uh, which is run by the mayor of Houston. Uh, is doing, they're doing a lot of really great work. Uh, there will be a raffle, so you can buy a, a raffle ticket. There's going to be a, a couple, a bunch of really awesome kick-ass merch swag, as well as some Lake Monster uh, beer and swag and stuff. So you can buy raffle tickets, do a raffle. That's excellent. Buy a bunch of beer. Every beer you buy, $2 of the beer is going to go to uh, to the uh, uh, Hurricane Harvey Relief. So I just want to encourage anybody, if you're planning on going out and watching the game, uh, get your ass to Lake Monster um, for the time from, from the – uh, kickoff at 7.30 for the match. Uh, party starts at 6.30, goes till 10, all the beers during that time. $2 of all the beers you buy are going to go to Hurricane Harvey Relief. I was That's like, excellent. setting that up, and I just wanted to, I was like, God damn it, I have like one fucking platform I need to get that out on. So, that's sorry, great. finish, or start, Houston. Start. No, that's that's a really good cause, Thanks. and I, ex- I expect you to, to support that cause so heavily that you can't even make it to the game. Oh, that guy must have really supported Hurricane Relief. He looks like he's walking in a hurricane right now. Yeah, it's that's a joke about you being drunk. Yeah, no, that that's, the that's fair. I'll edit that out. You too. know what? It's also uh, it's also like the game's away. So, um, Houston. That's a team. F- Jesus, God, man. Uh, folks, to look out for Maro Minotas. Um, 
has been huge recently. Uh, great up in the left wing. Uh, somebody who's going to feel it to guys like uh, Romo Kyoto. Uh, Houston has been really good at home this year. Uh, so heading on the road, that has always got to be something that makes one nervous. However, we were the first team to get a point out of Houston at home this year. And it took quite a long time yeah, to do that. One of only four. Uh, and, we, yeah, and we did it on the back, of, if I remember correctly, we did it on the back of a Jean Alvuga, uh the first scoreless half our defense pitched all year. Uh, and then we, we had two goals and tied it up there. So, But, of course, we fell behind real quick, too, didn't we? So. I forgot DeMarcus Beasley's on Houston. Yeah, he's still crutching it out there in the left back oh. position. Uh, he's Going through the roster, I'm like, wait, DeMarcus Beasley's still, on this still, team? Still a fast guy yeah. out there, too. So... Uh, so, so this is a really capable team, particularly uh, in the attack, in my opinion. Uh, so thinking about playing them, I, I, again, I've said this before, I don't think right now we're at a place where we have the depth and the talent to really, truly flex our talents to the kind of opposition that we play. And we need to do what we do best, and I think that means quick. I think it means direct soccer. I think it means using folks like Miguel Ibarra to make runs even out of position, which I think he does really well, out yeah. of that obviously just left straight left winger position. Uh, to create overload situations and that buildup that you talked about earlier that led to uh, the Ibarra goal was a great example of how we can do that but it was executed because I think it, it was quick it was one touch we're not going to pick any locks on guys with just owning possession and stuff like yeah. that that's just not where a strong suit is so I see that in Houston what do you see no I, I absolutely I think that um, we this is a team that needs to play narrow I know we all We've all been talking about that. Me and you have both been talking about that. I know a bunch of other people have been talking about this team playing narrow, um, whether it's a 4-2-2-2 uh, or a 4-2-3-1. Um, basically, what uh, that that run-up of play, and even that Finlay goal that you were talking about, uh, Chris, earlier, is, is because of narrow play, um, sort of ticky-tack passes, um, moving the ball quickly, not keeping the ball on your feet, trying to out-dribble like out -dribble somebody. Uh, thank God Ishjom's not in the lineup anymore. Um, <laughs> this is the way that this team should be playing. And Houston is, like I said, while they're, you know, they've been, they were, they are one of the better teams at home. We did, we were able to come back in the second half and steal two, and steal a point. Um, I don't think there's any reason we can't steal a, more, another point again. However, like, they are fighting for their playoff lives. They... When, I think when we played them, they were second in the table. They're already they're out of the playoffs right now, um, just in front so of Dallas. Dallas. So were Dallas. Yeah. I mean, so were uh, Montreal right on the cusp there. So we've been playing yeah. spoilers lately, and it's been kind of fun. Yeah. I mean, they're actually – Houston's actually out of the playoffs right now. Yes. So. Let's, let's bury them. I don't know. Chris, do you have any thoughts on Houston? Yeah. We're putting you on the spot here. We didn't ask you to put together some notes or anything. No, no. It, we have to remember that the team that was together in – when back early season when we played in Houston is not the same team as, as today. Yeah. And today's right. team is much better. And so I know we did well in, at BBVA Compass Stadium earlier in the year. I really, I'll be honest, I, I feel good about getting three points uh, in Houston this weekend uh, based on the fact of how we've played, how Minnesota's played these last couple games especially uh, I don't see why, you know, really why we can't. If we can control Minotis, if we can keep in check Kubo Torres. Yeah, we didn't even mention Kubo Torres. Good yeah, Lord. Just keep those two in check. I, I really, really like our chances to get three points at, uh, in Houston. 
bold uh, bold call here. Cool. Three I'll, consecutive wins. Yeah. Also, way to name check a stadium, which we totally didn't. They don't <laughs> they don't sponsor the podcast. We're not bringing them up. Yeah. Fuck BBVA. All right. You want to talk Atlanta a little bit? Sure. Uh. Well, fucking Atlanta, man. Holy shit. Yeah, yeah, get in yeah, there. Yeah, I, With Minnesota-Houston matchup, I do want to mention the unified team. Minnesota oh, that's United, right. Yep. They are playing the second game of their two-game series on Saturday uh, in Houston. So the Minnesota United unified team, uh, coached by Jamie Watson, will be going down to Houston to play in game two of the series against the Houston Dynamo unified team. So, you know, good luck to Minnesota United's unified team and head coach Jamie Watson. Absolutely. That would have been a really good thing for the news section of the podcast. Yeah, whoever puts that together. <laughs> it, the team, I all we got, all we got was an Alan Willie story. You forgot uh, about donating money for uh, supporting Katrina or whatever. But, uh, and then you see, forgot I, about the uh, thing that I actually was putting together. Yeah, imagine uh, that. We got an Alan Willie story and then something. I don't know. I haven't seen it anyway. I get my... News from That's what you've come to expect from us. That's great. All right. You want to talk so, Atlanta right, a little let's bit? Let's talk Atlanta. So Atlanta and Minnesota play. This is a rescheduled game back from August when uh, Megatron's butthole was uh, broken and they couldn't play uh, down in Atlanta. So now they get to play uh, Atlanta. It's a play. I think it's this is going to be their – this will particularly be their eighth of nine games in like, 20, like 22 days. They they piled it on late in the season yeah. and now now Miguel Almiron is actually going to they're almost, almost gonna, all at home yes and and so yeah so that, that leads me to my point of, of Miguel Almiron so uh, uh, Tata Martinez has been an, a pretty much he's been an amazing manager however much like Jose Mourinho uh, he's relied on basically the same roster um, for the entirety of uh, of his time but for the injuries like Joseph Martinez and things like that so. The Miguel Almoron and, and Martinez admitted this as much, like that he thinks he was he's potentially part of the reason for uh, Almoron's injury. He's out uh, at least three weeks. He's out for the Paraguay uh, World Cup qualifiers, <clears throat> as well as this upcoming match with Minnesota United. Sure. He's been there. He's been the playmaker in the midfield for uh, Atlanta. But Jesus, I mean. There's so many. Atlanta has so many options when it comes to attacking and when it comes to scoring goals. Yep. Um, they put seven on the Revolution uh, at home. They put three. I mean, granted, Orlando City also scored three against them. Uh, they've. I don't think they've scored less than three since they started playing at Mercedes-Benz Stadium, which is pretty they've fucking been putting amazing. Them in, yeah. Yeah. And the they're scoring a lot of goals, and Brad Guzan, and they've been actually keeping a lot of clean sheets, but for those Atlanta City goals. They ha- Brad Guzan has kept a clean sheet in every single match in Mercedes-Benz Stadium. So, uh, and that defense. So they're not conceding a ton of goals either. Uh, they're well be a Really yes. tough match for it's a, Minnesota. It's a good team. If there's uh, anything, yeah. If there's anything to look forward to, it's match congestion. You think about, uh, but I mean, Minnesota is going to be playing, uh, you know, on short rest as well. But the general match uh, congestion. You wonder if there's any kind of roster alteration that's going to put maybe something less than their preferred lineup out there. Maybe that opens a little bit of a window, but I think if we're playing a full strength and they're playing a full strength and we're playing there, I, I this is a scary team and I, I don't see us pulling points I out mean, of it. Greg Garza, Greg fucking Garza, has been a revelation at defense for Atlanta. Like just 
and not a revelation like you know he's scoring goals and creating assists. He's been a bulwark back there, um, especially in the second half of the season. Like first half of the season was a little they were a little dicey, um, but they figured out that back line and it's. I, I mean, it hates like pains me as a Minnesota United fan to be like, oh man, Atlanta did it right. They did it, yeah. So I don't it. know. Like I'm 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 I'm, I'm, I'm We'll see what happens this weekend, but I do not think it's going to go well for Minnesota United. I don't have much to add except that we didn't specifically name drop uh, Joseph Martinez, who was uh, who was setting just a few goals off the uh, the um, I almost called it the Shield Golden Boot race here. Um, yeah, it's it's a really well-rounded team. Uh, they're really well supported in the stands. I don't know, you know, I think back to the Silverbacks days. It wasn't. Uh, totally is well supported. Not nothing that would lead you to think that Atlanta was going to spit out seventy thousand people in their first game at Mercedes Benz. But you got to hand it to them. Jealousy is the only way to describe the feeling I feel. But uh, I'm proud of what we have too. But I don't know the stupid internet meme with the guy checking out the girl while his other girl watches on. You know that's me looking at Atlanta over here. Like, <laughs> damn. All right, all right. Yeah. Do you have thoughts about Atlanta? You're probably more knowledgeable than us. Well, it's. Chris is heavy lidded right now. He could barely keep his eyes open no, hearing no, this I'm discussion. I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. It is. Uh, it's going to be the tougher of the two games, obviously, coming up. And there's a few things going on. Atlanta is playing so well as of late, scoring a bunch of goals, like you guys were saying. But also, we got to remember that Minnesota has to play on Saturday and then play on Tuesday again. Yep. And uh, that is their shortest turnaround of the year. Yep. So going into the new stadium playing against Atlanta in their place after what's going to be a tough game against Houston yep. just two or three days earlier it's already uh, uh, it's already a tough challenge for Minnesota even before the first whistle yep. is, is having to deal with that alone uh, but you never know we we didn't expect the, the showing that we got from Minnesota in Montreal Right. We didn't really expect that much of a showing of four goal output, four unanswered goals against Dallas. Yep. So, who knows? We, we could see that same team show up mm -hmm. uh, in Atlanta even after two or three days rest. Yep. Best thing you can say is uh, we're facing them at the right time. Yeah. If we're gonna, if, you know, if we're gonna take them on, we're that's, hitting them at least at our best time. Yeah. Right that's, now, I so. mean, that's a good question though. Like, will there? I mean, do you think there, Adrian? I mean, you obviously are a lot. You're around Adrian Heath. If you're around Adrian Heath, at least in Iota more than we are, you are around Adrian Heath a lot more than we are. Do you think there might be some squad rotation either for, I mean, do you, you think he would see this game uh, coming up against Houston as the more winnable of the two games, and he would put his full squad out with the anticipation of ro uh, rotation rotate in Atlanta. on Tuesday? Or do you think he's like, might rotate some people out, keeping them fresh for Tuesday, hoping maybe we can go down to Atlanta and, and embarrass them? And embarrassed them by just by beating them. I mean, they embarrassed us in, the, in our home opener. Right. So, I mean, what do you think? I mean, as someone who's around Heath a lot more. the uh, I, I think you make a good point. That could very well happen. You could see Abu Dunladi starting up top in against Houston and Christian Ramirez starting up top against Atlanta. The nice thing now is the depth. That, you know, if, if this was earlier in the year where we had this situation – and we were, had so many injuries and international call-ups, yep. that, that was going to be a tough task to play games just 
so close, you know, apart. It's t tough to come by 11 players, let alone uh, choosing which ones we're going to go out. Exactly. Yeah. Now Adrian Heath has that that luxury, if you want to call it that, yeah. of being able to, oh, we'll go Abu on Saturday and Christian on Tuesday, or, sure. or the other way around. However, he feels. You borrow one day and Nicholson the next. Exactly. You know? yeah. So there's that depth and there's that opportunity now, you know, to where Molino might get the start, and then uh, who, who knows? And then. Who knows could be in the at the number ten forum after that. It could right. be a variety. So well, you know, and, and I'm of the Please, sweet Lord, let it not be Johan Venegas. Uh, or goddamn if, if we need to play some, if we need to play some rotation, it's almost inevitable that we see Johan out oh, there. Oh god. Uh, it, it really is almost inevitable. My my thought is that no, it's it's Adrian right. Heath's job to believe that they can make the playoffs. And mathematically they certainly can. Um, that said, you know, us watching here, thinking about the kinds of things that have to go right for that. I think no matter what, he has to have at least kind of one eye on next season. You want to put together an identity going in there, and I think part of that is knowing the pieces you've got to work with. And so I think some squad rotation is not even just about rest. It's about saying, I want to get a good look at the pieces I have because I'm thinking strategically forward to next year. And again, he's not going to go into any game thinking that it's going to be a, a throwaway game. I'm going to play my backups now because he's, he, it's his job to believe he can make the playoffs. But there's got to be an ancillary benefit to I, knowing the pieces you get to you know, play I, with. I agree. I, I, I think, I mean, he. I went down, I was one of like five people down in Kansas City for that Open Cup game, which was not a throwaway game, but it was definitely <laughs> a, throwaway, a throwaway roster. <laughs> and so, I mean, I, I'm interested to see, like, uh, Chris, you, yeah, you make a great point. Like, most people are healthy now. So, and we and we have a lot, we have, we have a shit ton of wingers, so we can rotate wingers. Yep. That's great. We have, you know, Abu and both and Christian are both healthy. Um, I mean, the, that do you, is there a possibility you think of ever of seeing Davis or Venegas on on one of these? Or is, uh, well, is that, I mean, or is that literally they clearly tag teamed Heath's wife and videotaped it, and he got the videotape. So both and of them Ibarra are, are so far on the outs. And then uh, and Colin Martin, but apparently. It, no, Brand, Brandon Allen was, oh, Brandon was, Allen videotaping. was yeah. videotaping. So they're all on the outs with uh, Heath <laughs> at this point. Look, yeah, you know, Chris, you might know a little bit more than us. Uh, you certainly do, but, uh, you know, we've talked about it before. We don't get to see them in practice. You know, it's easy to look at what's on the field and say, well, there's an opportunity, there's an opportunity. We don't know if Davis and Venegas look like hell. I told you I thought Venegas at least defensively looked like total hell during that stretch of about three games where he was starting. Uh, so I, I don't mind seeing him not come back out as long as we've got a healthy roster. Uh, Davis, I, I'd i love to see Davis get another run out, but um, clearly uh, Joe is favored more, and uh, I think that's what we're going to see. But but to the point of depth and and finishing up this year. Joe is the depth. With your eye on this year. Well, no, I don't. Birch is the starter left, and Joe would be the, the backup. Right, you, don't need to, about, you don't need to go to let's Davis. Let's not talk about this. Because this makes you sad, is that why? Sometimes we have exactly. to talk about things that make us sad. Yeah, okay? no, I don't want to talk about this anymore. This is just weekly therapy, yeah. really. Yeah. No. What's your What's your uh, score prediction though? We We didn't call Houston either, so give me your Houston score prediction and then your Atlanta score prediction. Uh, let's see. He's scrolling. To my. This pick. is how the sausage gets made. He's doing scrolling. I think right Houston now. beats us two to one. Two to one. Good yeah. lord. Okay, and then uh, uh, Chris, you had called Houston a winnable game. I think you had said uh, what two to nothing. Uh, Maybe a, a shove scores into yeah, your mouth. Everybody's gonna, both teams are going to score. I'm okay. I'm thinking a, I'm thinking a three-two game, three-two uh, for Minnesota. Win for the loons. Ooh. Okay, well, I, we'll just right. we'll just put a lot of controversy down. Uh, I had seen a two-two draw. 
So. All right. So, yeah. all all different. Somebody's gonna be somebody's right. Somebody's gonna be correct. Yeah. Somebody somebody's <laughs> buying everybody else drinks. Um, okay. So let's talk about uh, Atlanta. Who do, wh- whom do you got? I got <laughs> sounds so stupid. I got uh, us losing four nothing. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry guys. Hey, it's not. At least it's not eight nothing. <laughs> of last week. I guess. Oh, uh, the seven nothing against the Revs, right? Yeah, eight nothing against the Revs. No, it was seven nothing. No, no, no. Eight, uh, I, I predicted eight nothing. Oh, you predicted week. eight. Oh, that's yeah, right. Yeah, I do yeah, remember yeah, you predicted no, 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 no. that eight nothing no, score. I, yeah. I, I don't, Didn't I don't, quite shake out that way. Yeah, I don't. I don't <laughs> think. Yeah, I think Minnesota is going is either going to be tired, and or like rotating the squad. And I don't think I think this game's over within the first twenty five minutes. Wow. Sorry. Okay. Sorry. Chris, you have a specific Atlanta score prediction you want to chime in with? Not a uh, not a specific one, uh, but there's and they could very well surprise us. I you know I always want Minnesota to win, but this is going into a tough place, and they've yep. been playing so well in front of their seventy thousand plus fans, and the the two just the two or three days rest. Uh, I think it's just it's going to be a one goal game, but unfortunately not. In favor of Minnesota. Wow. It just wouldn't be one goal, or, or even a, it could be a draw. I, w- I just, I just, I, I see us right now because this is a hard. It is you're held, a, you're held accountable to this. Like yeah, you can't give me these soft yeah, answers. Yeah, yeah, it could be a draw. It could be a. Well, no, you need to, uh, wait, you need wait, to hedge your bets. I don't want Minnesota. You need to, to plant a flag here. here every time. Oh duh, yeah. Well, I'm, just, I'm, I'm using my rational brain, not my my fan <laughs> not, brain. <laughs> I have a fan brain. I have a rational Pl- brain. Plant a flag. Are you saying one nothing loss? It's, it's going to be a, a one-goal loss. A one-goal loss. A one-goal loss. Right. Okay. So it could be seven mark, to eight. Mark, mark it down. <laughs> mark it down, dude. Yeah. Mark it down. Let me chisel this into the stone right. over here. What do, what do you got for Atlanta? I, I've, got, I've got a two-to-nothing loss. Uh, it's, it's a great team. Uh, I think that we're not going to get embarrassed. Uh, I don't think a two-to-nothing loss is embarrassed, but I don't think there's ever going to be any question in it either. I don't think it, it's going to be close until the death. I, th- I think we'll get played off the field in a calm way. My my opinion. Yeah, I want them to win. I just don't want anybody to think I don't want them to. <laughs> right. I, I, yeah, exactly. I, I always want them to win, but I'm gonna I'm gonna instead of the fan brain, I'll talk a little reality from the standpoint of just a couple of days rest, having to travel as well. Right. And all of that. It's just so many. It's too many things going against. I don't them. know if you think your employers are gonna listen and like audit for your loyalty or something. Yeah, like. I know that's the thing. I gotta be careful. <laughs> <laughs> so. Oh, we get it. No, you're yeah, no, no. it's yeah, a that's, rational that, prediction. That's it's perfectly fine. Um, you're, you're, if your if your employees are listening, they're one of the hundreds of people listening to this. Oh, podcast countless right people, <laughs> very very popular. Right. Uh, more people than we're at Donald yeah, Trump's we wanna, uh, inauguration. So we, in fact. we have a, we have a bunch of questions for Chris specifically. I'm, I'm sure you probably have some questions as well. Oh, let's um, take it over. So let's let's just barrel through some stuff here. Uh, the regular business, uh, the biz, the business as we call it. Um, Pixar didn't happen. Uh, so Atlanta United beat LA Galaxy last week, four to nothing. Uh, we both predicted that one. Toronto FC no. lost to the Montreal Impact three to five. Neither of us predicted that one. NYCFC and the Dynamo tie one one. Nope. New England Revolution beat Toronto FC. Toronto FC lost twice last week. Bad what, week. What's going on with Toronto FC? Uh, I know they're Russian players. Russian. Uh, we did not pick that. DC United versus San Jose. Uh, DC United. Courtesy of Patrick Mullins won four. What in the hell? Four fucking goals. The fastest. I don't understand sports. In MLS history, or the. Yeah. Anyways. I don't understand. We did not pick that. Um, 
The Union beat the Chicago Fire 3-1. Neither of us predicted that one. <laughs> Columbus Crew beat the Red Bulls at home 3-2. I predicted that one. Good on me. Uh, we both predicted Minnesota United beating Dallas. Neither of us predicted the 4-1 to score. Uh, good on us. RSL beating the Sounders. We both predicted that one. Well, RSL, Sounders, RSL sneaky good. RSL sneaky good. Sounders are sneaky bad right now. Uh, <laughs> Vancouver Whitecaps beat Colorado Rapids. That was a gimme. Uh, Sporting Kansas City beat the LA Galaxy 2-1. to one. I predicted that one. You predicted a Galaxy win, I believe, because you were yeah. very confident about Galaxy on the road, which early in the no season was great. Whatever. Okay, um, whatever. LA United beat the Impact 2 to nothing. Uh, we both rigged that one. And the Timbers <laughs> beat Orlando City 3-0 uh, at home. We both rigged that one. Man, Orlando sucks. Yeah. They definitely suck on the road. That was about, I didn't have, yeah. like, additional commentary yeah. there. That so was the only. I just I didn't, I didn't do our cumulative records. This week I was 8-5. You were 6-7. and seven. So good, good on you. I did better. What an MLS week, though. Yeah. It was such it was a, a perfectly very, MLS, MLS week. Yeah. week. Okay. All right. That's cool. Let's go through our Wednesday, our picks. God, there's so many Wednesday games. Today is Wednesday, you, you realize you wanna, this. Chris, if you want to jump in on any of these, you, you can. If you don't, yeah. don't. You don't need to pick every single one of these, yeah. but if you see one that you have a, like a strong opinion All on. Right. I haven't wa- we haven't watched any of the games, so we're picking these before. Some of these games have already, already happened by the time we're recording this podcast. Uh, Atlanta United, Philadelphia Union, I have a 4 nothing win for United. I got a 3-1 win for United. All right. Both Red strong. Bulls beating D.C. United 2-1. to one. What do you got? Uh, I actually got a 1-1 tie. All right. Orlando City SC beating the Revolution 1-0. I got a one nothing for the Revs. Ooh, all right. Oh. Impact. Because Orlando sucks. Yeah, Impact and <laughs> NYCFC drawing 1-1 up in Montreal. I got a 2-2 draw. All right. FC Dallas beating the Rapids 2-1, finally getting a win. Finally. FC Dallas will not, not win a game until Babe Ruth signs with the Yankees again. Uh, 1-1 Colorado. <laughs> 1-1 Co- Why did I say that? Colorado. A 1-1 Colorado. It's a draw, but it's going to feel like a Colorado, feel like a Colorado victory. Yeah. yeah, exactly, right? Uh, I have the Dynamo beating the LA Galaxy 2-0 at home. Exact score I have. Right. Sounders beating the Whitecaps 1-0 at home. I got a 2-1. Ending their, you, you, you're not keeping Vancouver off the scoreboard, but 2-1 you know, win, I'll give it to you. You know the Sounders haven't won since they beat Minnesota United at home back on August 20th? It's the Minnesota curse Ooh. that I just made up. Yeah. Yeah. And then the, the Earthquakes, I have the Earthquakes beating the Fire tonight 2-1. F- fire got to gotta pull it together. 1-0 win for the Fire. All right. What about weekend games? Weekend games. A whole weekend slate. Yeah. You know, I have, I have uh, Orlando City beating FC Dallas 3-2. They get that win, and then they go back, back on the skid. I've got I've got that actually as FC Dallas' rebound win. I got a 3-2 win on the road for FC Dallas. All right. Uh, I have Toronto FC rebounding finally and beating the Red Bulls 2-1 at home. 2 uh, nothing win, Toronto at home. All right. I have uh, United, Atlanta United going on the road, winning 3-1. to one. It's weird because you can't reasonably think that Atlanta United is going to like win game after, oh, they're going to go on a win streak of like a 1,000 games. But I look at an individual game as a discrete entity, and I say, S United. Until S- they got, lose, I'm not picking against call them. them. Atlanta United, 2-1. to one. All right. I have the crew beating D.C. United 4 nothing at home. <laughs> Are you just throwing D&D dice and just making up scores on this? There's I no... DC United is fucking terrible. That's fair. What, did they just put up a four spot against what the Quakes last week? Yeah. How terrible are they? But in in DC, be on a the professional to last game zeller. At RFK. No, you're just you're just picking up a handful of risk dice and tossing them, and that's the score you call each week. Uh, yeah, no, four nothing. Good guess. Columbus Crew beats DC United two to one. <laughs> yeah, the crew. All right. uh, 
because I'm pro Dynamo, Union. I had the Dynamo beating Minnesota two to one. You had two to two. Two to two. Draw. Chris Lidholm with Chris a real a soft one to nothing loss. One nothing loss. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. He had no. He had a. He had a, a win in in Houston. No, he didn't. I, I had a loss. You had a loss. No, no, he had a win. Houston a win. Houston a win. Oh, Atlanta yeah, was the had, loss. Uh, like I a, forgot. I. He had like a three. He had a three-two win. All right, yeah, I got in it. In Houston, no, I, I was All lying. Right. Okay, fair take enough. That, take that, Kubo Torres. <laughs> he listens to this podcast, by the way. Uh, all right, where, where were we? Oh, the Fire hosting NYCFC. I think this is where the Fire get their win, two to one. Yeah, three, in, uh, three-three three draw. Funnest game of the week. I, oh, it yeah. could be the funnest game of the week. I'm not. I'll give not you the that. funnest game to travel to. Yeah. Two hours out of Chicago. Yeah. But. All right, Rapids versus the Impact in Colorado. I got a two-two draw actually. Yeah, Colorado sucks. Montreal wins two to nothing. Yeah. Uh, KC hosts the Vancouver Whitecaps. KC wins three nothing on their way to taking the Western Conference and starting the completion the of the double. They can't get the trouble. Oh, that's right. They can't yeah, get the trouble. But they could get the double. I'm very sorry so, for you. So, Chris, I don't know if you know. At the beginning of the year, I predicted that. Sporting Kansas City would win the treble. They because could. again, he just throws darts at a, a picture of no, outcomes. No, no, there's no I, logic I happening here. I have a lot here. of faith in Peter Vermees as a manager, and uh, they've got they've got one piece they of got, it already. They got one piece. They can't get the second piece, right? But they can definitely get the third piece, and I think that'd be pretty fucking amazing. Because I think Sporting Kansas City is going to win the Western Conference, my friend. I think they're going to host. Host it throughout the uh, Western Conference. They have to go to Toronto and West, do some shit. Western Conference is, is a, a also garbage. That's like would. winning the NIT basketball tournament. You know, it's good, but it's you know it's not winning the NCAA, which that's is fair. the East right now. Yeah. Um, Sporting Kansas City, uh, I got three of Vancouver Whitecaps too. You can't keep them buddies off the board, man. Vancouver's good. Uh, San Jose Earthquakes and Portland Timbers. What do you got, got? Timbers winning two to one on the road. Incorrect. One one tie. All right. It's fun to watch you guess these games, though. It's fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Listen, Portland Timbers are also guarding for that first seed, and the Earthquakes are holding on for their goddamn dear lives. I think uh, Timbers won. I just fell asleep listening to you talk. LA Galaxy hosting Real Salt Lake. I got Real Salt Lake winning 2 to nothing. I got them winning 4 to nothing. That is like a, oh, Zeller, that is a right. Zeller level call. <laughs> talk about like rolling your fucking D&D dice or whatever. <laughs> All right, Philadelphia Union. Hosting the Seattle Sounders. Holy God! In fucking hell, we just saw Six one of the score. We just saw one of the scores <laughs> from tonight. We've already we we made our predictions before we saw the scores, but Orlando has won six to one this week. That's t- neither of us had that. FC no. Dallas won. Oh, this podcast is going to be us I watching had, scores I had now. City winning, just now six to one. Uh, all right. I got uh, I got sorry. I got Union and Sounders tying nil to nil. Most boring game you've ever watched. All right, I got I got Sounders. Winning that game one nothing because it's Philadelphia. You can't be showing us those scores, Chris. We're getting and sidetracked finally, finally here. Finally Tuesday, Tuesday. The game everyone cares yeah, about. I have, yeah, I have the uh, Atlanta, the Atlanta United's winning four to nothing. You had. Yeah, I got a two to nothing win. Much nothing. more reasonable. Uh, He's over here over with here a soft loss. Said soft loss. A gentle one loss, <laughs> one goal loss. Very he thinks gentle. it could be seven to eight. It could be zero to He's, one. It's like a like a lover that like just really cares about you. And it's, you know, it's like, that, right. like they're gonna fuck you one time before, like, it's eh, like, sorry. It's like sex I'm, with I'm candles get, on a bed of Charmin. I'm getting rid of you. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Would you, you just need to add it for that? Well, <laughs> hey, it's 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 that lover that I've been snuggling with since 2013. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you know, be as nice as I can. <laughs> Chris Lindholm sleeping with Minnesota United since uh. 2013. <laughs> Put a little asterisk on that. That's our new slogan. All right. Um, 
Can we just right. skip the fantasy stuff? I want to talk to Chris, and he doesn't want to hear our fantasy scores. That's Although fair. I want to I comment that I had the most points of the entire league this week. I'm going to – that's fair. You did. I um, did. You're, you jumped one spot to ninth place. Um, <laughs> I jumped one spot to sixth place, by the way, oh. FYI. And I'm literally ahead of my wife for the first time this year in MLS Fantasy. Well. Granted, it's by one point, but I'm ahead of my wife. I can't wait for your marriage to fall apart. And we, she didn't play last week? Is that oh, no, 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 Yeah, no, no. she take a week oh, off? No, no, no. Oh, no, 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 guys. Does she have the same three-year-old pick hers? I've like just... <laughs> that's, see, that's fair. That's fair. Um, so, yeah, so the MLS Fantasy, the same dudes are in, in front. I want to shout out to Deathloons FC. That's RC Moore. He's a he's a he's an old school. He's been a dark club for a little while. Uh, his his uh, brother Taylor is actually on the cable yep. stand all the time. Taylor, yep. He was right behind you with 141 points. Um, okay. Well, if you'd like to connect with me sometime, I can share some fantasy yeah, tips well, with him. Yeah. Well, maybe maybe not for uh, EPL though, because in the Taga League, <laughs> you were in last place again. Uh, you're in last place overall. Well, for the perfect 11. Yeah, perfect 11. I not was in second place. Uh, I'm still top uh, first place overall with 800 points. Um, the draft league, you had a good week. I also had a good week. I had a better week than you. Uh, I'm in third place. I'm four zero and one overall. You're in first place with five five zero zero. It's uh, called hey, undefeated. Coming up this week, yeah. Der- Derby do Dave's. You v me. Yeah, you v me. All right. Here, here's the deal. If I win, you have to finally say my fantasy team name out loud on the air. Because every other note here has other people's fantasy team names. And then for me, it says Martin. You're going to say my name on the air. If I win, uh, you have my bar tab next week. I can't afford to buy 17 beers. I, I'll drink, like, I'll try and keep it down to four rum hams. All right. <laughs> four, <laughs> four shots and four beers. Huh? All right. All right. You shake That's my hand or, or not? Oh, was that what? I didn't see. I had the pop mic in my way. Right. Shake with your right hand, not your goddamn. Yeah, that was my hand. cheating hand. Yeah. yeah. I don't want the cheat hand. Chris, Chris Lindholm. Chris Lindholm is uh, arbiter of this. He's seen yeah. it. So, so I, I would sh- I would share what my uh, fantasy team name is with you, like on Twitter or something. But I think I'd get kicked off of Twitter if I shared <laughs> that. So, uh, but he's right. saying it. So this is bad. This is maybe bow for first place. Also, but Pete Bisson is also five zero and zero. So if he wins, also then and we both. And I beat you, then we're gonna be like a three-way tie for first place. Whatever. Um, Pete is not even a real person. We don't want to talk about Bundesliga. I'm still doing all right. Let's talk about some questions. Yeah, uh, let's talk about Chris. Chris, Chris, you're much more interesting than all the numbers and (laughs) scores that we just rattled off. So I'm gonna start it off here. I know Dave, you got some questions. Uh, What I really want to talk about is um, you watch some of these athletes kneeling during the national anthem, and I think about the sacrifice of the men and women in our armed forces. What do you think about the slap in the face to the men and women of our military that they're taking a knee during the uh, anthem? <laughs> you motherfucker. <laughs> Don't answer that question. <laughs> Fuck that question. I, sorry, I just wanted to put you in a really awkward spot. <laughs> what, I, what I really wanted to talk about is Antifa. Uh, Chris, <laughs> Hey, Antifa, all right, you're done. Give him your microphone. You're, you're, you're fucking done. Um, yeah. Let's, well, I'll start out with a question, actually, from, uh, from Facebook. Uh, Brian Hanf. I don't know if you know, you know Brian. So, yes, this is a very simple question. How's your blood pressure watching and not describing it out loud? Is, is your blood pressure better? Worse? Uh, yeah, actually, it's... Uh, <laughs> yes. Uh, it is, it is. It's, yes, it's worse. It's, it's, no, no, it's, it's better. It's better, okay. It's better. Good. I, uh, 
I during these games now this year, it's just I do my pre, my half, my post, and and I'm watching during the uh, you know watching the game, and I'm taking notes and and but I'm, I'm I'm much more relaxed. It's I'm still invested. I'm still into it. Yeah. But yeah, the the blood pressure is quite low <laughs> now. And speaking of blood pressure, if you want to see me have major blood pressure problems, you take me to Costco on a Saturday. <laughs> okay. Okay. I'll give you a quick little story. My wife, we got my wife a Fitbit for her birthday, beginning of August, and we put it on me just to see, because they all know how much I hate Costco on a Saturday. I'm sorry if Costco is a sponsor of yours. I apologize. Um, well, they're not anymore, but you know what? Fuck them. All right. Fair enough. So, Sam's Club for life, motherfuckers. So we decided to put the Fitbit on me. We sat down. We relaxed for a little bit. Looked at my heart rate. It was 78. Okay. Walked inside, and it drives me up the wall when people cut in front of you, when they walk slow, all that type of stuff. I looked at my heart rate after six minutes. I was in at, Costco. In Costco. I was at 126. Jesus, man. Yeah. And my left arm started getting a little sore. That's how much I hate it because my heart rate goes up. Because to me... If you treat it, you got to treat it like you're driving on the road. Would you leave your car in the middle of the road? Nope. Don't leave your cart in the middle of the aisle. <laughs> that type of stuff. That's so fair. it just drives me up the wall. So, That's yeah. Fair. So I think this is a uh, plan on my wife's part to send me to an early grave. So she takes me to Costco every <laughs> Saturday to try and encourage a heart attack. All right. FYI, if the police ever listen to this episode, Chris, Chris's wife this is, is trying to I kill guess. him. Yeah. Um, I feel the same way about uh, the Skyways and and just downtown, just generally people like stop in the middle of the fucking like the of the sidewalk and you're like, why? What do you what why you couldn't move to the side? This is the why the state fair, which my family loves the state fair, and I have two I, my my sister lives by the state fair, my aunt lives by the state fair. Going to the state fair gives me like heartache be, or like, not heartache, but like heartburn because I'm just like, there's so many people and they just stop. If everybody moved Regu- like, you know, like airports, like it just moves in like a general direction. I'm totally cool with that. But like, people just fucking stop, and that's what gives me the heartburn. And if they stop to talk to folks, that's fine. But step off to the side. Yeah, Get so. out of the side. That's all I ask. All right. Um, so this is, that's actually is good uh, a leading for my follow up question. So, how have you adjusted to not being in the booth regularly? Um, obviously, you're not. You don't have to do as much like prep on the other team and all that. Like, has there been a big adjustment for you? Is there is it anything different, or are you? How, I mean, how have you adjusted to doing that? Uh, the adjustment, I think, has gone fine. It's a little bit different. The last twenty four years, the previous twenty four years, has been play by play. This year, yeah, you know, doing, right. doing yeah, the radio play by play for the Loons before. So. Yeah, the Thunder, the Stars, for United. Yep. Uh, yeah, there's a lot more prep when you're doing the play by play, but there's still more prep than I think people think when hosting the pre half and post. Okay. Because uh, you want to throw in, you know, you want to throw in bits. Uh, you need to throw in stats. You need to throw in that when you even are doing intros to to certain uh, segments that we have. But you have, um, to, you have to like look at someone's bio and figure some stuff out. Well, like you like look, I did earlier this uh, this podcast. Yeah, kind of, kind of along those lines. When you do Same a little guys. creeping and figure out a guy's entire life someone, just on the internet. Yeah, if you someone wants to hire me to do radio shit. Right, you know that's basically it. But it's, it's uh, yeah, not nearly the amount of prep, but, and it's been great because I've enjoyed doing this radio bit uh, this year, and it was something that I'd never done before. So this was my first year of doing any sort of radio, on a regular basis. Awesome. Yeah. Cool. Um, 
so a couple other questions we had from our, uh, our the Dave's I Know Slack. Um, what's your favorite off-field memory? Off-field memory. I guess soccer-related. Okay, maybe, or maybe it could be in your life. I don't know. Or do well, both. Or do both? Yeah. Well, uh, it was 2011 when Minnesota won the, uh, the championship, oh, yeah. won the trophy. And... Uh, we were all gathered at Champs afterwards with the trophy. People were busy drinking Surly out of it and all of that. And a few of the players had one, you know, one too many drinks of Surly. <laughs> let's put it that way. And Matt Van Ockel looks at me and he goes, you've been drinking? And I said, nope. And he goes, great, you're driving. <laughs> Throws me the keys to the team van. And I drove the guys to the, this nightclub type place. Uh, down in Fort Lauderdale, and they were obviously celebrating the championship this whole time. And I can't remember the song. This guy remembers back 2011. All I remember is I'm driving, and Justin Davis reaches and had turns the radio on. And apparently, it was his favorite music because then all of a sudden, all he did was turn around right there as I'm driving. He's right next to me, and starts shaking his butt basically in my face to this music. <laughs> And he's dancing and celebrating. And there's a whole bunch of players in the back of the truck or the back of the van. But they were all just celebrating. But apparently that was Justin's favorite song at that time. He heard it, cruised up to the front of the van, cranked it, and turned. And I looked to my right, and there's Justin's butt shaking in my face. All right. There you go, ladies. Well, we got to figure out what Justin Davis' uh, favorite song. Justin Davis, you want to come on the on the podcast and tell us your favorite song, knock yourself out. For some reason, it was it's what's that? L M L M F A L. Oh, whatever it is. Yeah. It was, it's I think it was one of their songs. I think if oh, I remember correct. Oh, okay. L M F A. I don't know the music the kids listen to these days. Have you heard uh, this Neil Diamond? <laughs> I've heard. I've heard about him. I, I think he's the future. I have. I have like two theories. up and coming. I have like two theories about what this song is, and both of them um, make me lose a little bit of respect for Justin Davis. So I'm not gonna talk. It's probably not one of his socially conscious ballads. Uh, all right. Uh, so. Did you did you ever go to any away games to do commentary or anything like that or no? Okay. No, it's it's I've always been here and then okay. the away games, uh, the last couple of years like, have been simulcast. Like, uh, yeah, we're yeah. up at the uh, yeah we've okay. done remotes back from here. So okay, what's uh, well, what's your favorite city to visit? Soccer well, the, the related or not? I, the ones that I've been to as a soccer fan. Oh yeah, yeah. okay, yeah, as know, a soccer. And, and I've gone yeah. and went to the. Uh, the Open Cup game in Kansas City, you know, a few years back when Cristiano Diaz got that ridiculous. Oh, I was there. I was there. I was. Uh, I rode was, down the bus with that everybody. That was 2014. I was. I didn't actually. I didn't ride the bus on that one. I went down early because a, a buddy of mine was a Liverpool fan. Uh, it's also he's a he's an American, but he's also he's an English national team fan and a Polish team fan, and he hates the U.S. men's national team for some reason. Long story. Anyways, we drank two uh, handles of Grand Marnier over the course of like four days. It was like right over the open cup match. So I was there. Nice, nice. Yeah, <laughs> I uh, I went down. I rode the bus down. My son, my oldest son Thomas, went as well. Okay. And so we got to do a little, you know, exp- share that as a father son. Uh, it's something that we didn't get to do a whole lot because I was always working during the games primarily, yeah. and so we didn't travel to games. But here was an opportunity to do it. Rode down on the bus, came on back, 
that was one of them. And then back in 2007, I went out to Portland, Seattle, Vancouver, and there was a group of us, a small, small group. It was Neil Logan, Rich Harrison, Amy Fleischacker, the late, great Tom Donovan. Uh, and we went out and I know those people. the Thunder were playing in Portland, Seattle, Vancouver, yeah. basically within a week. Yeah. And so we went out there and I just got to be a fan and we went to Mount St. Helen and Multnomah Falls and then checked out the games, and, you know, at Swan Guard and, and then uh, what, you know, it was, I don't remember what it was called back then, but it's what is now Providence Park. Yeah. But it was uh, not nearly as nice as it is now. It was just basically a baseball field. And, um, and then they played at CenturyLink Field in Seattle. And that actually, CenturyLink Field, we went and met up with Emerald City supporters before that. And that was the very first time that we met Teresa Peterson. Oh, and okay. And, and, and Mike, they were, with, they were living in Seattle and were part of the support, Emerald City supporters at that time. That was our first meeting with them. Teresa so, Peterson and Mike Peterson, both uh, longtime Dark Clouds. Right. They moved back here to the to the to land of civilization and got you know reeducated on soccer. And so. uh, Kevin Joseph. Oh yeah, KJ, KJ. Was, was also oh. on that trip, so he's part of our group. So, wow. Yeah. So it's just the, the group. So I don't know if I told you this, Chris. KJ and Teresa came down to Puerto Rico last year when Anna and I went on our honeymoon in Puerto Rico. And, and saw and saw Minnesota United when they're playing in the, still in the NASL against Puerto Rico. It was, it was me and KJ, uh, Teresa, and uh, Nate. Um, I can't remember Nate's last name. Anyways, like we're like the five Minnesota United fans down in Puerto Rico. You were right along the sideline. Yeah, were you, not? Yep. yeah well, you were on TV quite often. Oh yeah, so, we, oh, so yeah. yeah, I remember seeing you when I was <laughs> when I was doing the game. I'm like, oh hey, I know those guys. You I know, know all that those. Type of thing. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, all right. So, I'm not going to ask you this, this one question. So, I have two more questions from me. Um, and then, if, I don't know if Martin has any questions that he wants to so. follow up on. So, um, Is there a game that you could wish, I mean, there's probably one, I probably can think of the game, but like, is there a game you wish you could watch live again? It could be Minnesota United, it could be another team, but like, obviously you have a lot of history with Minnesota United. Like rewatch it live, like just go back in time, like floating. I don't know, like Doctor Who style. Like you're you're still in the you're still there, but you can watch it live again. What, sure. What game would you watch if again? We could bring everything back together, and we could all live it one yeah, more time. Yeah, exactly. Uh, well, the obvious the obvious answers are the uh, the championship in 2011. Yeah. The the Thunder championship in '99. Uh, then the even the the great run in 2012. The 20 I say the 2012 like. That one. That was yeah. I wasn't there for twenty of them, but yeah, the twenty. Like I was there for the twenty twelve game, and that was the first part. You know, but to me, one that in recent memory is the win over the New York Cosmos. Yeah, that is one that oh, I, God. I would love to relive because, you know, I re, you know I remember the 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 game winning goal by Christian Ramirez, and and, and it, it was Justin Davis making the long sprint down the down the left side with the ball and. And I remember that first touch by Justin, and I was like, "This, there's going to be a goal." I was feeling it pretty good about it. just the the momentum, the the atmosphere, the the moment. I was like, "This, this has got a good chance." And you know, getting a chance to call that goal was a lot of fun. And and even going back to the championships, 2011, 2012, the 2012 run, 
Uh, I did the first game here, did the play-by-play of the first game of game one of those series. But then for game two, I actually went down to Fort Lauderdale and was just a fan, and like I was telling the story before. Yeah. And then 2012, I actually went down as well and just stood with the dark clouds, stood with the fans. I got to be a fan. And those were sometimes, that was just some of my best memories is just getting to be a fan because you see the game in such a different way because you get to watch the game. Yeah. Where when you're doing play-by-play, you're not really watching the game. You're, you see it and you're talking about it and you're trying to do your promos and you're trying to get this and include your color commentator and your silent. There's so much that you can't really watch the game. But yeah. as a fan, as you guys know, getting a chance to stand there on the sidelines was pretty awesome. Just being a fan and seeing it in a way that I normally didn't see the game. No, that's absolutely. And which is why it's, it's always great to see you at Minneapolis City Games because you you can be a fan. You can hang out and, and cheer and just, you know, grace the culture. So my last question for you, and this is uh, based on uh, my internet research of you. Uh, according to your bio, you are a camera operator, floor director for Value Vision, now Shop HQ from 1996 to 1988. Do you remember that? I do. How was it? I, That's I worked. It's and, now, then, it's, and then, no, the, the follow-up question is, how was it? It was. It's now Evine. It's, okay, so uh, it's, it's now, now it called Evine. Went so from Shop to, HQ to, to Shop NBC to, oh, to now it's Evine or something several, like that. Okay, yeah, several it's, iterations. It's a bunch of names. Okay. So I worked overnights there. Okay. And, uh, and you just operated a camera? I was, I was uh, you know, like a regular like studio camera, the big studio cameras. Yeah, okay. Did some floor directing. And then actually... They were doing a fitness show overnight. Okay. Okay. And none of the fitness models would come in at for a, like a 2.30 or 2 o'clock a.m. show. Call, yeah, no. So they're like, even though my physique didn't show it, they're like, Chris, you're pretty athletic. You want to So I was the <laughs> fitness model for 2 a.m. to 3 a.m. on, on then uh, Value Vision. This so, is, so this is like, this is like, uh, just like a channel that you is on all it, the time. It's on twenty four seven. It's a, a home shopping. Like a shop, home shopping. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. That's exactly. Holy it. shit! So, I didn't. Even, I had no idea where this question was gonna go. I'm excited. I asked. This there question. you go. So you were a fitness model. For, why? Why is for, it? Why for is that one not, hour? Why is that not on your because bio? Because it was for one hour. And I, I, if you look at I me, would, I'm not. A, I'm not a fitness model. Shit, I'm not man. even fit. Shit, man. I would put that on my bio. Like, oh yeah, I was a fitness model. I, I probably actually should. I think I've probably done fitness modeling for somebody somewhere in my life so yeah i'm know. not no i'm i'm passing i'm putting that one on my resume you gotta <laughs> all uh, right it's that's that is uh, now obviously uh, out for everybody to hear and know but up to this point very few people knew about that so <laughs> the career that you had huh? um, that's a whole different story and a time it's it'll be a different time okay yeah! all right uh hey martin do you have any questions anything yeah, I got a couple, so we'll switch mics here. So so my question to you, Chris, uh, obviously a different capacity now this year than you've had previously. How does your preparation differ between what you did when you were doing play-by-play and, and television medium and what you do now with pre and post and uh, as well as the radio format? How does that change for you? Uh, now there's a lot more There's a lot more script writing okay. and just trying to you know make good – create good lead-ins to the segments, right? outros, keep everybody involved, keep everybody informed, that type of thing, where with play-by-play, it was a lot more specific in regards to player stats sure. and 
teams they used to play for and, and that type of stuff, a little more individual preparation or individual player preparation with play-by-play compared to where it's more team preparation sure uh now because we need to talk about the teams that are playing and if we you know we throw in a player here player there you know leading scores for the teams that type of stuff so there's a, a lot more prep going on sure play-by-play than there is now but like i said it's there's more prep for these radio shows than i think people really kind of think there is right you've looked at this podcast and see is this the amount of preparation these guys think requires to do a decent show and you're thinking good lord this is not good it's not sometimes the equipment it's it's the person and you sure sure you know it's that's the thing you can have all the greatest equipment in the world but if you don't have the talent or the ability to or be entertaining or informative or just having some fun or make it good sure then who cares how much you spend on, on gear Right. But, you know, you guys are doing a great job with your podcast. It's entertaining. Love it. Good camaraderie. And just having a good time with it, that's what will attract people. If you get too serious about it, Wait. folks can be a little, eh. But you guys you have a good time with it, and that's what that's what um, I think draws people that's, to your show. There's plenty of levity here, that's Absolutely. for sure. Yeah. That's what you need. Absolutely. So let me ask you, let me ask you a weird question. You might have to think about this a little bit. Is there a player from your days observing Minnesota soccer before we went to MLS? Is there a player who did not make the jump to MLS, whether it's because they weren't called or they're from like a while ago, that you think would be a great fit to be on this MLS team? A guy you think didn't get the look or somebody from the past that you think, boy, if he could integrate into this team, that'd be great. Anybody stand out? There's, there's a couple that I can kind of think of. Uh, one is Brian Coleman. Okay. I think Brian. I think Brian would be able to play at this MLS level if he didn't retire a few years back. Okay. Uh, I think he had the just the the physical presence, the the physical play to do well, especially on the outside back position. Okay. Uh, and he had the speed, I think, to do it. And then also, I would have liked to have seen Jeb Brovsky sure get an opportunity because I I would love to see. I don't know how well he could do it. I think he would do all right. But if, if Jeb had an opportunity, put Jeb alongside Sam Cronin okay. in front of that back line that we have and Ibsen playing the 10 in front and allow sure. Ibsen to roam offensively and knock the ball out to the wings and knock the ball up top to Abu Danladi or to Christian Ramirez, that type of thing. And I'll just be able to roam freely offensively and not have to worry about defense as much. That's uh, that's really interesting. You know, it, like, we, we've talked like, recently about pushing Ibsen yeah, to a higher spot. That's like that's like porn for us. Oh, it's great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jeb and Ibsen. Oof. And Ibsen and a 10. God damn it, that's oh, porn. Stop it. Stop it, stuff. This isn't Howard Stern. No. You can't. So those are the first two that really kind of okay. come to mind are, are Brian and Jeb. Sure, sure. Uh, but, uh, you know, there's... I'm trying to think of some others. You know, I think... Uh, defensively... You know, I, I think Kyle Altman. Okay. Kyle Altman could have could have done all right at this level too if sure. he kept playing, but he chose to be a doctor. Chose to be a doctor. Kyle. Right. Kyle. All right. That's. That World was, needs doctors not, too, that I was guess. Not an answer I was expecting. I, I like that answer though. I I really like Kyle Altman. I yep. Yeah. Right. That's excellent. So I I'm tapped out of questions. He's yeah. probably tapped out of time and wakefulness <laughs> because we've taken plenty from him. Yeah, um, no, so uh, 
Like super special thanks to uh, Chris Lidholm. Are you you're on Twitter right at Chris Lidholm, L I D H O L M. All right. Um, it's spelling. Yeah. And Solid Chris, stuff. C- Chris is C H R I S, not the not the bastardized <laughs> K R I S or K R I S or C R I S or whatever. So yeah. there is actually a Chris Lidholm. Uh, have you seen this? In so if in one of the the bathrooms at TCF, like this oh the one God. right behind the sports. There's a Chris Lidholm, and it's a it's a very Apple Valley esque woman, like a uh, uh, I don't know. You get you guys have not seen this. All right, I'm gonna. What have the to, hell like, are you talking I'm gonna, about? I'm gonna, I'm gonna I'm gonna put a picture on the stupid website. What does it mean to be an Apple Valley esque woman? Is my first question. Uh, like Stepford Wives kind of esque. In Apple Valley. Chris Lidholm. There's so there's a, a Chris Lidholm, K R I S L I D H O M, who sells homes. No, no. <laughs> That's Chris Lindahl. Oh, Lindahl. Chris okay. Lindahl. Lindahl, not Lidholm. But yeah. it, it looks, it looks. You're like you walk in, it's like oh, what? Yeah. Okay, so he knows. What I'm t- you know oh. what I'm talking about. All right. Sorry. Been to that bathroom many times, I'm sure. I don't know it's what that means. Right, it's right. It's right. <laughs> I don't know what that means. It's right behind the supporter section. So yeah. Okay. We, we've right. had a lot of games at home. Fair so enough. you can find us uh, always at davesiknow.com. That's where we do our daily soccer stuff. Uh, at TDIKMN on Twitter. Uh, you can follow Martin at offensive underscore loons. Me at Texas Seller. You can always email us for the questions at the uh, davesiknowmn at gmail.com. Again, I'll reiterate. If you send me a question. At our Gmail, I will write a letter to somebody for you. Just tell me what you want me to write, and I'll send it. Uh, is, I will, liter- I will it is, literally. It is so weird how passionate you are I about will that offer. Buy I'll write letters. I like writing letters. I just I, I get a have, handwritten letter from somebody. I think it has anthrax in it. That's Listen, where I'm at at this point. That's how we did some investigative jur- journalism earlier. We did. Uh, we did uncover year, some so. news that way. That's um, fair. Yeah. So yeah, uh, thank you, Chris. Thank you so much for yeah, coming Chris, out. Chris, I'm going to uh, put you on the spot, and I'm going to have you close this out. Okay. So we always close the podcast with, we are the Daves you know. This has been the Daves I know, and I'd like to hear your dulcet tones do it. Could you do that for me? We are the Daves you know. This has been the Daves I know. We are the Daves I know. This has been the Daves I know. Excellent. Thank you. Awesome. We can't do nothing at all. As you do yours, land here, become feet, con. Yeah, uh, we, we do yeah. our thing, son. Do the act we attract to, hope to reach one. Uh, we, yeah. we, we do our thing, do it. Do it. We do our thing, son. Some will paint a piece, some will spray with a machine gun. It's mad work to be done. We, we, we do our thing, son.